Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set your iniquities before you. Your secret sins, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. And we bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength, eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us the number of our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days, for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Good morning. Alexander said, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got off bed this morning, I tripped on my skateboard, and by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink while the water was still running, and I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I'm sure most of you are familiar with this book, right? Kids, you know that book? Okay. And most of you are very familiar with terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. Well, after hearing Psalm 90 read, it's not just a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, but it sounds like a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad life. And as we begin the new year, According to Psalm 90, it sounds like it's going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad 2024. Happy New Year. (laughs) So, there's got to be more to Psalm 90 than that. So let me pray for us and uh, we'll dig into this a little further. Lord, uh, thank you for the previous year. You have been faithful to us every day, and thank you, Lord, for new, for new beginnings. And here tomorrow, we start a new year, and uh, all that lies before it, and we don't, so many unknowns, but we trust you, Lord, and we thank you that you will be in it. We thank you for the opportunity on this last day of the year to be gathered together to worship 
And now as we open up your word, we acknowledge that we need you. We really need you. So would you meet with us? Would you do your work in us this morning? Uh, we've, we've had different work, a uh, uh, different week without, without school and work and holidays and all of that, and our rhythms are a little off, and, and uh, I ask that you would settle and calm our hearts today and uh, that we'd hear your word. Um, we love you. Build our faith in Christ's name. Amen. So Family Sunday, kids, glad you're here. Parents, uh, I know it's a harder Sunday for you. Kids are a little squirmy. That's okay. I don't mind. If you have to get up and walk around or, or do whatever, or switch activity boxes or whatever, that's okay. Uh, we're just glad to, that we can all be gathered here. Today. So let me start by asking you kids one question, though. How many days are there in the year 2024? How many days? Is that right? 366? I thought it was 365. Three, leap year. Okay, it's a leap year. 366. All right. Now, uh, what do you think those 366 days will look like? Well, according to Pinterest, and you can't get any more authoritative than that, here are some things that we can expect in 2024. Okay, we can expect some weird food combinations like pizza pot pies, Cheeseburger tacos, burger quesadillas, okay? It's also going to be the year of big, puffy, fluffy hairdos and big sculptured jewelry. And it's also going to be the year of bows. A lot of bows all over the place in different ways. Plus... Custom denim jeans, uh, denim, uh, custom denim jackets, badminton, move over pickleball, badminton, piano jazz, baby naming ceremonies, and stickers, lots of stickers on everything in 2024. All right, so those are the coming trends, but Psalm 90 helps us to see that we're going to need more than just fleeting trends in 2024. So here's our outline this morning for this awful, wonderful psalm, okay? Uh, it's in your outline. It's in, it's in your bulletin. The outline's in your bulletin. And kids, I got blanks here that you have to fill in. All right, so there's four blanks. Here's the first one. We're gonna we'll, we'll fill in in a second. Blank. God's days are forever. Secondly, blank. Our days are passing away. Third, blank. 
our days are reversed and four blank 366 days of prayer. So that's where we're going. Let's start off with blank. God's days are forever. Ready, kids? First word to fill in. What is it? Wow. Wow. God's days are forever. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Wow. This is what we call the eternality of God. Eternality of God, that is the theological concept that God is not subject to time. He has no beginning. He has no end. And he is self-existent. He doesn't need anything besides himself to exist. Theologian Louis Burkhoff says he is above time and therefore he is not subject to the limitations of time. For him, there is, no, there is only an eternal present, no past and no future, from everlasting to everlasting. Now, in the opening of Psalm 90, the author sets up for us a, a significant contrast, this, this huge gap between God and us, and it makes us feel very small. Now, Chris used to teach, uh, previously she used to teach catechism to 5th and 6th graders. And when she would teach them about the attributes of God, she had this big whiteboard stretching all across the wall, in the classroom, and she would put a little dot on it. And she'd say, this is you. You see that? You see that? This is you. And that's what Moses is kind of doing here as we contrast verses 1 to 2 in this psalm with verses 3 to 11. In verses 1 and 2, he's talking about from everlasting to everlasting. But then, in verses 3 to 11, listen to the terms that he uses to describe our lives. Listen to these terms. You are dust. You're like grass. Fades and withers. Your life is like a dream that is just gone. You kids, you, you know what it's like when you dream, right? You dream and, you're, and, and, and it seems so real and then you wake up and wh where's the dream? It's just gone. Your life is swept away like a flood. The days of your life are passing away and they end with a sigh. So point number one, wow, God's days are forever. Point number two, 
sigh, our days are passing away. What a dramatic chasm between God's days and our days. But not only are our lives and our days dust and grass and a dream and being swept away and passing away, and not only are our lives brief and fragile, but they are also, it says, they are also toil and trouble. And every day is under God's wrath. Every day is under the power of God's anger because our iniquities and our sins are always before him, even our secret sins. And every day our lives are an offense to a holy God who judges sin, and as a result, we die, and God sweeps our lives away, and our lives come to an end with a sigh. That's awful, isn't it? It sounds like a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Kids, do you ever sigh? Or the rest of you big kids, do you ever, do you ever sigh? Math homework. Oh. No. Oh. Missed, missed the free throw. Oh. It's Monday. Oh. Water in the basement. Oh. I just changed that diaper. These verses are saying that we have bad days and we sigh a lot. We sigh a lot. And then, finally, we end up dying, and that's the final sigh. That's the ultimate sigh. Now, in the year 2023, I was at a couple of, a couple of, of deathbeds, and you know what I heard every time? At those deathbeds? Uh, the sighing? Uh, right? The end of life, they're sighing. I was with Paul Mason a couple days before as he was going through what he just went through. And I read Psalm 90 to him. And part of his response was... The sigh. And these verses tell us that all of these bad things happen because the world is just broken. And the world is broken because of sin. And a holy God is angry at sin. So how depressing is all of this so far? And we say, so... Well, where is God? And that's kind of what verse 13 says. It says, turn to us, God. Where are you? How long? How, how long do we have to go through all of this? And we look at these verses and we take a, a step back and we say, wait a minute. As I read this, is God for us? Or is he against us? 
We have to ask ourselves that question. Is God for us or is he against us? There is this huge gap between the perfect and the eternal God and us, fragile, temporary, sinful, sighing, and dying. So, is that the way it is? And does it, does it stay that way? Or is that huge gap between God and us, is it closed somehow? Well, do you remember the story of Moses in Numbers chapter 20? They were out in the wilderness, and Israel, they didn't have water. And so they were whining and complaining, and they didn't have water. But they were whining and complaining, as they often did, and they said, I wish we weren't even here. I don't know, Moses, why you brought us out here. Uh, I just wish we could go back to, to, go back to Egypt. And, and Moses heard that, that, that whining and that complaining. And, and God comes to Moses. God sees what's going on. And he comes to Moses. And he, and he says to Moses, see that rock over there? He says, go over to that rock and you just speak to the rock. And water will come gushing out of the rock. Great. Is that what Moses did? No. No. What did Moses do? He hit the rock. He took his staff and he hit the rock. He wasn't supposed to do that. And God said to Moses then, when it is time to go into the promised land, you can't go in. You can view it from a distance, but you cannot enter the promised land because you were not faithful. And when that happened, oh man, Moses was having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. But what did Moses do with his disappointment? He said these words... And then he wrote Psalm 90. He said these words. The eternal God is our dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Now Moses on that occasion may have wondered what God was doing. Moses had a weak faith. He had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. He was not going to go into the promised land. He was not going to go into the promised dwelling place. And yet Moses knew the eternal God. He is our true dwelling place. And then he wrote Psalm 90, which begins with the words, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Wow, God's days are forever. Sigh, our days are passing away. Number three, you ready, kids? Power, our days are reversed. Now, in Psalm 90, has God abandoned his people? I mean, the days are bad and short, and we sigh and we die, and God is angry. Is that it? No. Something is happening. Something is at work. There is a power at work so that we are not left with 366 bad days. 
the days are somehow reversed and God's anger is somehow turned away. Now, as is often the case, the full picture of what, of what God is doing is not yet fully revealed in the Old Testament, right? We don't see it all in the Old Testament. But there are hints and there are clues in the Old Testament. And those hints and those clues kind of gain momentum through the Old Testament. And they are pointing us to a future work of God. And we have that in Psalm 90. The Psalm 90, the clue, there's clues that God has not left us. That God is at work in our days. And here, here are the clues in Psalm 90 that something is happening besides just all of this awful stuff. The opening words in verse 1. Our dwelling place. What does that make a difference? Then the closing words in verse 17. The favor of the Lord our God. So the psalm begins and ends with this relationship, our God. And then in between those verses, we read the clues of mercy. God's name, Yahweh, which is his covenant name toward his people. The term steadfast love, which is the Lord's term for his covenant love to his people. You see what's happening here? It's talking about the relationship that we have with this eternal God. And then the reference to God's work and God's glorious power. Those words are all in Psalm 90. And if it was not for those words, Psalm 90 would be most depressing and our 2024 would be most hopeless. But those words are included there, those hints. But for us today, I don't know, three to 4,000 years later, it's even better for us because we have all those hints and clues, but we also have the final clue that we get from the New Testament, and that is that God would send Jesus the Savior. And that God's anger and wrath and death and judgment on sin that's mentioned in verses 3 to 11, that those things would not come down on us, but that they would come down on the eternal Son of God. And Jesus would, would utter the ultimate sigh on the cross as he cried out, and then gave up the spirit. And in his death and resurrection, he would reverse our days. And he would bridge the gap. And he would bring God's eternity into our fleeting days, into our disappointments. He would bring God's eternity into our sinful hearts and into our weak faith and into our terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. Jesus would bring 
God's eternity into January 1 and January 2 and January 3 and all 366. Jesus is the redeemer of the broken world and he brings life to death. That calls for a hallelujah. Okay. Amen and hallelujah. Okay. All right, so now what do we do in 2024? We pray. And the final verses in this psalm are prayers. All right? One, two, three, to become number four, blank, pray. 366 days of prayer. Now Moses gives us seven prayers in verses 12 to 17. I've combined them down into three prayers to keep us on time here. And uh, these are three prayers for a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. All right? In your, in your bulletin, it's on the second page there. So here we go. Prayer number one. Lord, enter each day. Enter each day. Now, the, the author of the psalm here prays, Lord, Teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. And the psalmist is saying, since my days are limited and since I live in a broken world, teach me every single day that I need you. So tomorrow, tomorrow, pray this when you wake up. Lord, enter my January 1, enter it. And if you do, that's all I need. That's all I need. Prayer number two, Lord, satisfy me. Now, if prayer number one was a morning prayer, then maybe this one could be an evening prayer. Lord, in the evening, you pray, Lord, satisfy me tomorrow morning when I get up, that no matter what, what I gain or what I lose, I am okay because I have you and your steadfast love is holding me and won't let me go. Now, isn't that what Moses did? He stood on the mountain. He looked at a distance out to the promised land. He looked out there and in his loss, and in his disappointment, because God had told him, you're not going to achieve that. Sorry, but you're not going to go there. You're not going to enjoy a land flowing with milk and honey. You're not going to eat those great big grapes. But you have me. And Moses was satisfied in the eternal God as his true dwelling place. And the result of that, according to verses 14 and 15, is rejoicing and gladness all of our days. Remember the words from Isaiah? And they turned it into a song about everlasting joy will be on your head. And sorrow and what? Sighing will flee away. Wow. Prayer number three. Lord, help me to work well. Now, it's easy after after reading Psalm 90 
to, think, to read that and think, okay, so, you know, what difference does it make what I do? What difference does it make what my job is and how I work, whether I show up at work or whether I work good or not or whatever? What difference does it make? Because no matter what I do, my work and everything's just going to wither and die in the end. And my labor was all for nothing. But these final words in the psalm are really important. And they say this, and it's not just a prayer, but it's what God is accomplishing. And that is establish the work of our hands upon us. That shows us the value of our labor and the value of all of our days. And those words then point us to those words in 1 Corinthians 15. Do you remember that passage, that resurrection passage that ends with this? Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is what? Not in vain. All right, so take those three prayers together and ask the Lord to bring his eternal days into our temporary passing days. Now, here's how that works, okay? Here's how it works on a daily basis. Okay? I sat on the bench the whole game, and I didn't get to play at all. But the eternal God was with me. The Lord brings eternity into my day. The day of I received divorce papers. But his steadfast love is with me. He loves me. The Lord brings eternity into even my worst day. Cancer diagnosis. But the eternal God is my dwelling place. The eternal God is at work in this broken world. And so no matter what the day, there is going to be more going on in your day than you could imagine. And one final thing. These prayers, they're not just for terrible, horrible no good, very bad days. But they are also for wonderful, glorious, really, really good days. We need these prayers for all of our days. Now, at, at, at Christmas time, we had a house full of kids, and we had, we had a helicopter flying around inside the house. Okay? Didn't we? Yeah. And, it, and it's one of these you know, radio-activated, drone-like helicopters, and it was, you know, just flying through the house, and you'd be walking around, and all of a sudden you'd feel this little, you know, and there's that helicopter going, and it's just, right? You know what I'm talking about? You've seen those kids? Okay. Life is like a helicopter. You can quote me on that. Life is like a helicopter. As we navigate through 2024, some days you will crash. And some days you will soar to heights. 
And some days you will just hover. But whatever kind of day it will be and whatever kind of event it will be, bring the eternal God into it. And actually, he's already in it, working to accomplish his purpose through you. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, would you look down on your people here at Grace Blue Ridge Church? And would you guide us as we enter a new year? And would you renew our spirits? And would you build up our faith? And would you sharpen our gifts? And would you accomplish your purposes through us for your glory? And for those who are here this morning who, who may not be sure about this stuff and this Jesus, Lord, would you display your beauty to them? And would you fill them this morning with your living hope? And Lord, now would you receive our worship as we offer it up to you? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.